Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, this morning, we're glad to have you with us. And let me do just say this to our Facebook family out there. Welcome. We're glad you finally got on. We were trying something new. I thought we could go horizontal, and it didn't work. So now we know. Um, we're glad to have you with us this morning as well. We, we don't uh, broadcast our first service live, but we do our second. And I'm going to ask you guys this morning if you would do something for me, if you're comfortable with this. And if you're not, that's fine. Uh, you know, it used to be f- what happened on the Facebook feed is just kind of something that you threw out there as a second thought. But folks, listen, we've got a significant portion of our church family is out there th- with us today and, and still not able to come back. So if you've got your phone and you would like to jump into the Facebook feed sitting here, we are one church. Whether we're there or we're here, we're one church. Now before you do that, let me tell you something I have learned. If you turn the volume on on your phone, we're going to get this really ugly echo loop um, experience speaking. So if you know how to turn your volume off and you want to jump into the feed and say hi to everybody and, and have the conversation as the sermon progresses, feel free to do that. It's a different way of being the church. I know it took a virus to devastate the world to make us change, but here we are, right? Here we are. Uh, So welcome, you guys, in Facebook world. We're glad to have you this morning. Welcome, you all that are here today as well. I want to preach a message this morning that connects with our extravagant offering day. Uh, But it's... uh, So let me just say this up front, okay? I'm going to talk about money, but it's not really about money, okay? Now, I, I've learned something as a pastor over the years. There are two topics that when you, you talk about people, you can see their body language change. You, you can see the tension come. You can see them have the attitude, Pastor, I love you, but... Sometimes they don't even say that, I love you, but... I, I, you, don't, you don't need to talk about that. That's none of your business. So let me just say this to you on the front end. The things I'm going to talk about when it comes to money, I agree, it's none of my business. I'm not talking about what I'm going to talk about today because it's my business. But here's what I would say. The, the, two, the two things, you all want to know what the two things are? You could probably guess. First one's money. The second one is when you start talking about relationships, and especially if you actually talk about the S word, sex, people just get really, really stressed out. Those two things are none of my business, but can I just say to you, do you know, I've been a pastor for 30 plus years, and in 30 plus years, do you know how many people and situations I've seen that have been train wrecks because of relationships or money, right? Here's the thing, money and relationships absolutely impact every part of our life, am I right? Right, right? every part of our life. And because God loves you and God cares about you, God loves, loves and cares about those things. And the only reason I even preach about them is because God cares about them. God has a lot to say about them. And it makes sense that at some point we talk about them in the church. So this morning, I just want to put that out there for you before I get into this. And I have an ask for you this morning. I have something I would like you to do for me. As I get into this message, I would like you to listen deeply right? Not, not, not just kind of on the periphery, not just kind of sort of, but listen deeply to what I have to say, because I, I hope by the end of this message today, you realize it's not about money at all. It's about something else, something much more important. If you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn with me to John chapter 12. 
Uh, some of this we'll put on the screen. Some of it, I'll just have you all turn there if you would. If you're out there in, in, uh, on our feed, you'll need to look them up. We don't have the capability of putting them on the screen today uh, quite as easily. Let me read chapter 12, verses 1 through 6 for you and tell you a story. This is the story um, th- that takes place with regard to Mary and Jesus. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was. Now, Lazarus has died and risen from the dead, okay? Um, he, he came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they, were, they gave a dinner for him there. And Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. And Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep, keep it for the day of my burial. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray over this word, this message that you've given me to share today. Lord, I can bring a message from me, but that's not the point and it's not what we need. So my prayer this morning is help me to step out of the way and help me to share what those that are here in this room and those that are on this feed, um, they need to hear. What will encourage them, what will strengthen them, what may challenge them, God, what you would have them to hear today, in Jesus' name, amen. The, the, the story is not about money. Although money's talked about in there, it's not about money. He, John talks about it, but that's not the real issue. Did you, all, did you catch the issue? Did, did you catch it? As I, as I read the story, did you catch what the central issue was? You see, the central issue really wasn't money. It was, it was the condition of the hearts. It's really not a story of money. It's a story of two hearts. It's a story of two people with two different hearts and their hearts being revealed right there in the middle of that situation. And here's the thing this morning. Every single one of us, every one of us struggles in our life and will we'll, to the day we go to be with Jesus, we struggle in our lives with this two-heart situation. Which heart am I going to let rule and reign in my life? Which heart am I going to develop? Which heart am I going to live my life with? Now, you may say, Pastor Barry, I'm not sure I understand exactly what you mean, so let me give you this illustration, okay? How, how many of you have kids, grandkids? Kids are, kids are awesome. Kids, <laughs> our kids pastor said amen. Kids are awesome. Kids are just so honest, sometimes brutally honest. Have you ever ran across a kid, and I'm sure it wasn't your kids, okay, um, but a kid that said this word all the time, mine. That's mine. No, it's, that's mine. And you go pick up, that's my, have you, anybody, I know it wasn't your kids, your kids don't behave that way, right? How, how many of you have ever seen a kid that that's, is that way? See, that's, that is the first heart that we find in this story. It's a heart of stinginess. It's a heart of self. It's a heart of, it's all about me. But see, I also see something else in kids. I've observed this over the years with kids. This, was, this is your kids, okay? Um, I've watched a little one walk up to another child or an adult that's crying, 
And because they were compassionate towards that child, they would give them the last thing they had. They would give them their last cookie, or they would give them their blanket, or they would give them their baby, or they would give them their last piece of candy just to make them feel better. You ever see kids like that? that your kids, right? Right? And you see we, see, we see in the heart of a kid the two hearts that I just read about in John. It's the heart of stinginess, and it's the heart of generosity. And every one of us this morning, we will live our lives working through which heart am I going to have? Which heart am I going to let rise up and be in my life? Every one of us are going to continue to struggle with that. It shouldn't surprise you because God, God says it this way. He tells us in Genesis. He, he talks about this. We, we see this conflict in the Old Testament. He, he says in Genesis, he says, we are made, God created mankind in the image of God. Right? We're created in God's image. Can I tell you this this morning? Do you know who the most generous being that ever lived is, ever existed is? Jesus. It's God because God gave his son Jesus. He gave, get that? He gave generously his son Jesus to die for me who didn't deserve it. God is the most, and we're made in his image. So when we see that child walk up and give that cookie, give that blanket, give that piece of candy, what we're seeing in them is the image of God himself rising up in them. And each one of us can have that image. But we fight this battle. Because in the Old Testament, in Psalms, David says, I was born in sin and I was shaped in iniquity. And what we find out is we all fight a battle between being made in the image of God and struggling with our sin nature. And it comes out which heart we have. And that's what we really see going on in John chapter 12 this morning. And I want you to know this this morning, that this message, I'm going to talk about money here in a little bit, but it's not about money. What it's really about is the condition of our heart. Will we have a generous heart or will we have a stingy heart? You know, one of the ways we can remember the, the value of a, one heart over another is this. Um, a generous heart, the word generous begins with G, right? Y'all with me? I know I'm asking you to spell early in the morning. The only thing worse than that is asking you to do math. Um, and I don't think I've got any math in today's message, so y'all hang with me, all right? Generous begins with G. Do you know what other name or title begins with G? God. Now, Joe's cheating. He had that, but he was here for the first service. He heard this before. G, right? Generous is God. Well, so stingy or selfish, it begins with what? S. Do you know what other title or name begins with an S? You guys got this now. Satan, right? And, and it comes down to which heart am I going to let control me, that generous heart or that selfish or stingy heart? Every one of us, we struggle with this. We will fight with this. We will deal with this. And now, now listen, listen, you listen. You may say, Pastor Barry, this is all fine and good and wonderful information and, and great, but why does it matter? Can I tell you? And, and if you're out there this morning, and, and maybe even in here, and you're not living in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you, you, you need to hear this, okay? Because this isn't just a Christian thing. This is a, this is a life thing. And I've observed this to be true. Generous people, T take, take the Bible, take religion, take church, take God out of the equation. Just generous people in general, just generous people. I find generous people to be the happiest, the most successful, right? 
the happiest, the most successful, they're the most fulfilled people in life. And, and it, seems, it seems like that would be completely backwards. Wouldn't you think, doesn't it make sense, wouldn't you think that if I want to have the happiest life I can have, then what I need to do is collect the most stuff to me. I need to make sure that the most things are mine. I need to protect those things. I need to, to be the most selfish, stingy person possible because that's putting me first. And, and doesn't it, isn't there, a, in, a, in a sense, doesn't it make sense that that would make you the happiest? But yet it doesn't. Do do you know why? Because stuff, stuff will never make a difference in your life. The only thing stuff ever does for us is makes us want more stuff. The most happy, successful people in this world are generous people. And that's why I'm preaching this this morning. That's why I believe God said, this is the way you need to go with this message on extravagant offering Sunday. Because I preach this message, I preach something like this every year, but most of the time it's a completely different direction on our, on our extravagant offering Sunday. God wants you to be happy, successful, and fulfilled in life. And that means looking at the condition of your heart and saying, is it generous? You know, I, I'll give you... Um, an illustration, if you're still not persuaded, Pastor Barry, you're just hiding really well that this is all about money, and it's not. So let me just give you this example to, to, to maybe help you understand a little better. Um, it's said, I, I heard this statistic a few weeks ago, across his lifetime, King David, Old Testament King David, you guys know who I'm talking about this morning, Old Testament King David, across his lifetime, uh, he gave in offerings and sacrifices, in today's dollars, 21 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars in offerings and sacrifices. That's a big check. Am I right? $21 billion. But do you know, according to God's word, according to Jesus himself, David isn't the one that gave the greatest offering. Do you know who gave the greatest offering? It wasn't David at $21 billion. Now, maybe this morning you're thinking it had to be Solomon. Solomon was David's son, and I know Solomon was the wealthiest man in the world at the time. It had to be Solomon, but you'd be wrong. It wasn't Solomon. And you might think this morning it was Abraham. Abraham was the father of faith. He was the one that God called out of his nation into the the promised land. And and when he got there, God said, hey, Abraham, look around you. All this place, all this space, all this stuff, it's actually going to be yours. I give you all of this as your nation. You might think it was Abraham. But you'd be wrong. It wasn't Abraham. You might think this morning the one who gave the greatest offering of all, greater than David at $21 billion, was, was Moses. Moses was a, a, a prince, a, a, an adopted son of the Pharaoh of Egypt, who was the world power of the day. And Scripture says when, Fa- or when Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt, they took the wealth of Egypt with them. And you may think it has to be, it has to be Moses that gave the offering, the, 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 that gave the greater gift than, than uh, David at $21 billion. But again, you'd be wrong. You want to know who it was? Go back to the book of Mark with me, chapter 12. See what Jesus says. Verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And then a poor widow came, and and she put in two small copper coins, which made a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly, I say to you, 
this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Y'all catch that? You know who gave an offering greater than David at $21 billion? It was a widow lady who came and put in her, her two coins that equaled a penny. Do you know why? Because it's not about money, it's about the heart. See, David gave $21 billion. Mary gave, uh, in the original story, Mary gave 300 denarii. That's, that's a year's wages is what that ointment was worth, according to, to uh, what I read in John. It was one year's wages. And, and listen to me, God didn't need any of it. You all familiar with heaven? I don't mean have you been there. I mean, are you familiar with the concept of heaven? Right? I mean, if you have been there, that'd be pretty cool. Um, Heaven's going to be awesome. It's the, you know, it's, the, it's the moving from this side to that side part that I'm not looking forward to, right? Uh, I kind of want to just go by going to bed one night, falling asleep, and waking up in heaven. Um, that would be nice. Don't know if that's the way it will work. But um, heaven's a place that, I don't know if you've ever read this or not, but um, in God's heaven, they don't use asphalt. They use gold. That's what their streets are covered with. And, and it's not that, you know, it's not that God's so wealthy he wants to flaunt his gold. It's this that in heaven, gold has so little value that you might as well pave the streets with it. The gates of heaven, the gates of the, gates of the new Jerusalem are described as being made out of pearls. I mean, God, God, as the creator of all things, owns all things. Don't know that they're copyrighted, but he owns all things. God doesn't, it, it's not about money with God. Do, do, is there anybody that thinks that there's any amount of money we could ever give to God that would impress God? I mean, David gave $21 billion and it didn't really impress God. Is there any amount that would impress God? See, I happen to believe there's not an amount that would impress God, but, but let me tell you this morning, there is something that does impress God that you can give. And, and we see it in Mary with her ointment. We see it in the widow with her two coins. We even see it in David with his 21 billion. It wasn't that he gave 21 billion that God cared about, but there is something that impresses God. It's in 2 Corinthians, and let me just read this to you. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 5. We want you to know, brothers, this is Paul. He's talking about the church at Macedonia uh, and how they had given to meet the needs of their brothers who were suffering and struggling. And uh, his, he, he just so applauds them. He says in verse 8, We want you to know, brothers, about the churches of Macedonia, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy, joy, y'all catch that? These people are happy. And their extreme poverty, okay, we in America, we don't think those two things can go together, right? I, Ruthie and I have had the privilege a few times, and some of you have too, to go overseas, We've had the chance to go to the Dominican Republic. We've been um, to Belize. Um, we've been to a number of countries to go and to serve people on missions trips. And one of the things that I've been to Peru, one of the things we each time have commented about is how pa happy people are with so little. And I think maybe the first time I came to realize as a young man that stuff doesn't make you happy was in that first trip I took at 23 to the country of Peru and realized that these kids are happy to have a ball to kick around. And, and they laugh. 
and they enjoy life, and, I'm, and, and, and by American standards, living in the deepest of poverty. And, and I read this in 2 Corinthians, and, and, and it's just, it, it's right there. They were, had an abundance of joy and extreme poverty, and it had overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. They begged, Paul, let us help. Let us give. Let us give generously. And this is not as we expected, but they gave themselves. Now now listen to me this morning. Let me tell you what you can give that will impress God. It's not the amount of money. It's not any money. You know what it is? It's yourself. It's your heart. The only reason we even talk about money at all is because money serves as a barometer. It serves as a thermometer of the condition of my heart. Say, Pastor Barry, what do you mean? The the New Testament puts it this way. Um, Where your treasure is, there your heart will follow. My paraphrase. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Now, now we, we usually like to turn that around, and we Christians misquote it many times, and we say, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. But that's not what it says. What it says is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And see, get this. God doesn't care about the treasure. He cares about your heart. And the only reason treasure even comes into the conversation is because by looking at where I put my treasure, I can see where my heart is. Does that make sense? God, listen to me this morning. God wants you to have a generous heart because He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be successful. He wants you to be fulfilled. And those things always come with a generous heart. Always. Now listen, everybody that may be on our feed this morning and and maybe even some of you in this room possibly um, may or may not know Christ may or may not have made a decision. I'm going to serve Christ. I'm going to follow Christ. So I'm going to share some things this morning. And and let me just say on the front side, this, these things are, these are principles that are there for followers of Christ. And if you're not a follower of Christ, I encourage you to listen because they're valuable. There's, they're valuable principles. But when I'm going to, what I'm going to talk about next for just a few moments is for the church. And if you're a guest with us this morning, again, this is not about pressuring anything. This is just this is God's principles, and God cares about all of us, and he wants us, to be, he wants us to be happy and successful and fulfilled. God gives us three ways as Christians that we can take our temperature. My wife, she went out and bought a thermometer because she wants to take her temperature and my temperature on a regular basis, which is wise, being that we're around the public a lot and we come in and talk with you, but she's running around this morning. She's got one of those trigger things you shoot at you that takes your temperature, I mean, it took her like a month to find the thing, and I think we paid like, I don't even know how much money. I said, why didn't you just go get one of the little ones you stick under the tongue? Cost like $3. She just shook her head. Said, you can't, they don't even make those anymore, and you can't find them, and they wouldn't cost $3 anyway, but she's taking our temperature. She's come into my office this morning when I was going over my notes, and next thing I know, I got something right here at my head. I didn't hear her come in. Scared me to death. I about had a heart attack. Somebody snuck up on me and then hit me in the side of the head. She took my temperature and said my temperature was... 0.4 degrees above 98.2 or something. I don't know. There's value in taking your temperature, friends. And the thing that money does for us is it allows us to take our temperature. That's the only reason it comes into the conversation. 
And I want to ask you this morning, whether you're on the feed or you're with us live this morning, um, will you just do this? Will you just examine your temperature for the sake of your heart? The three things for Christians, the way we take our temperature, is first is tithe, second is offering, and third is extravagant offering. Now listen, I could spend a lot of time talking about all three of those, but I'm not going to this morning because it's really a, a question of the heart, not money. But let me just talk, let me just talk a, a, a moment about each. When it comes to tithe, and tithe is something for believers, it's something for Christians. Some people say it's just Old Testament, Pastor Barry. It's in Malachi, but it never made it into the New Testament. And I would encourage you, go read Matthew 23, 23, if you feel that way, because Jesus said to this, to, he was actually chastising the Pharisees and the scribes for not doing what they were supposed to do. He, he said, listen, you guys need to practice mercy and compassion and kindness. And he says, you, you tithe, you ought to continue to tithe, but you also ought to practice these things. So if you think tithe will get you to heaven and make you right with God, you're missing the boat. That's not the case. But tithe is also, he carries it into Matthew 23, 23. It's a principle for us as well. Now, let me tell you, tithe is 10%. And here's the way it works for Christians. Here's the way it works. God says, look, I blessed you and I give you everything that you have. It, it's all, I'm, I mean, I made it all and I'm, I'm blessing you greatly. And God said, I just, uh, the first 10% is mine. It belongs to me. And the other 90% I give to you, you can use with it any way you want to. Um, just steward it well as a follower of Christ. Now, let me just ask you a question this morning. Is there anybody in this room would be happy if the government would live by those principles? Anybody be happy if you could actually bring 90% of your paycheck home? I would. Man, I'd, I'd take my wife out to eat and buy her roses. <laughs> uh, she's writing that down. Yeah. Oh, there, okay, she gave me a, a heart. Very nice. Right? God says 10% is, it belongs to me because I blessed the other 90% is yours. And he says, bring the 10% into the storehouse and, and it's going to be used to, to bring my kingdom into this world. Right? Amen? Some people say, yeah, preachers, they just want lots of money. And can I just be honest with you all for a minute? Um, there are some preachers out there that just really offend me. Because it's all about them and their luxury and their paycheck and their finances. And it should be about bringing the kingdom of God into this world. Now, Scripture says that the pastor ought to receive his salary from preaching of the Word of God. Corinthians teaches us that, so that's not a bad principle. But it's not a method to buy me a jet. Right? It's to bring the kingdom of God ministry into this world. And that's what our tithe is used for. Now, just another principle here about tithe. You can't be generous with your tithe. You say, Pastor Barry, what do you mean? If I give my tithe, that's generous. No, 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 it's not possible for tithe to be a matter of generosity. Tithe is a matter of obedience. Let me see if I can illustrate it this way, okay? Joe's actually been here for two services, so I'm going to hit him up twice on this, okay? Um, if I said to Joe, Joe, I'm feeling really generous today, okay? So I would like you, Joe, to take $100 out of your wallet, and I want you to walk it back there and give it to John, because I'm feeling really generous today. Would you call that generosity on my part? Not really, would you? I mean, that might be generous of Joe or a little silly, but it wouldn't be generous on my part. Why? Because you can't be generous with what's not yours. And, and the principle is God teaches us the tithe is his, so I can't be generous by giving God what is his to begin with. John, I tried to get you 100. 
sorry. I didn't have any more success in first service, I'll be honest with you. But I tried, all right? I tried to get Bill, I think, 100 as well. Um, you can't be generous with your tithe, because it, but it is a matter of obedience. But then it comes to offering, and here's where, here's where generosity comes in. Here's where I can really take the, the temperature of my heart. Tithe is about the obedience of my heart. Offering is about the temperature of my heart, the generosity of my heart. Because when I give of my offering, and many of you support missions. You give in, in missions every, every month. That's an offering. And by doing that, by giving in missions every month, what you're saying is, God, I'm going to take a piece of the 90% that you've, you've given to me to steward, and I'm going to take some of what you've given to me, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to put it with the tithe. I'm going to put it with the tithe to bring your kingdom into this world. And God, by doing that, I'm showing, I'm showing myself and the world and you that my heart and your heart are in union. We're about the mission. We're about effectively reaching lost people. So God, here's my offering, and I give it to you, and I want it to go, and I want it to be able to reach people in Bangladesh, in, in Nigeria, in South America, in Asia, or maybe it's locally. Maybe you, it's an offering you give for kids ministry to reach kids here locally. Do you understand what I'm saying? And in that way, my offering becomes a measure of the health of my heart. Do I have a generous heart or not? That's the only reason money comes into it because God really cares about the condition of our heart. And then there's those moments that we call extravagant offerings. One of David's offerings was an extravagant offering. It was probably the majority of what I mentioned earlier, maybe um, when, uh, um, I don't remember now the exact event that happened, but he was giving some serious praise to God, uh, and, and he just offered up multiple, multiple, multiple sacrifices. Uh, extravagant offerings are this. Now get this this morning, okay? They're special moments. They're occasional moments. They're special opportunities. They're opportunities to invest in God's mission. Now I'm going to talk about the extravagant offering for a minute as I bring this to a close here. And, and I want you to hear this. And if you're part of Souls Harbor and you're considering being a part of this extravagant offering, and if you're out there on our Facebook feed, this is for you as well. Um, or if you happen to be a guest this morning on Facebook or here with us and you want to participate, that's wonderful, that's awesome, but this isn't directly for you. But extravagant offerings, the key to it is this. Hear God's voice, right? Hear God's direction. It's all about the heart and obedience and saying, God, you got my heart rather than your mouth. So, so here's what I would say to you this morning. You pray, you listen for the voice of God, and you respond as he moves on your heart. And if it's two coins, then let it be two coins. Because honestly, if it's two coins, because God says give two coins, it may turn out to be a greater offering than somebody that throws in $2,000. Because it's about the heart. If God speaks to you and says, let it be two bills, then let it be two bills. If somebody says, let it be 200, let it be 200. Whatever God, that's the key. What does God speak to you? And know this this morning, whatever the extrav an extravagant offering goes for, and this one specifically, it goes to move forward the mission of God, which is to bring the kingdom of God into this world. 
Now, we normally do this. We just at Souls Harbor, this actually took place long before I even became pastor here. We put in place this idea of an extravagant offering, and we do it every Palm Sunday prior to Easter, and it's become a part of who we are. And, and one of the things people are the most excited about here many times in, in our church, people get excited to give generously, and I, I believe that's one of the reasons God has so blessed you all and blessed this church is because of the generosity of the heart. And we normally do it on Palm Sunday, and then, well, you all know what happened, Right? Unless you've completely been living in a cave, you know about COVID, and that caused us to push it back to this particular Sunday, the last Sunday of this month. And when we first put in place this extravagant offering, I share every year, this is where I feel like God wants us to, to focus the offering for this year. In the first year, it, we talked about replacing uh, our entire backdrop and set. Um, we talked about replacing our soundboard. We talked about replacing the carpet on the platform. And, and even then, we realized that, you know, it's been said that the medium is the message in the 21st century, right? How you present the gospel is very important, maybe more important than ever before. And, and we, we knew that we needed to, we wanted to change the atmosphere. We wanted to change the backdrop. We wanted to change the carpet. We knew that the soundboard and the computers back there were older than dirt. You guys know of dog years? If you, if you, if you, uh, you know, apply dog years to the computer and the soundboard, they're like 180 years old each. They've been around, they would have came across um, with Columbus, maybe. I, I don't, I mean, they're ancient, okay, in dog years. Or, and computers are, are even worse than dog years, because like three years in a computer, and it's no more. I, I mean, and these are like 10 or 15 years old. And we just realized that the medium is the message, and we've got the greatest message of all. Right? So we wanted to work on being better adept at providing the message. And then the craziest thing happened. COVID came along. And all of a sudden, for the first time, we're broadcasting on our Facebook feed. We're putting out there the gospel. And we begin to realize that this gospel is now going to places like Kuwait. It's going to places like Russia. It's going to places like China. Anybody in the world that can get a feed, that, that can get an internet connection, has the ability to watch what I'm preaching this morning. And we begin to realize that we've got people that won't use Facebook as a backdoor to be a way to escape getting coming to church, but people will use it as a front door. They, they, they're looking for a church. They're looking for a place they can go and be fed. They're looking for a place where they can come and have somebody speak into their heart that's got a hole in it. And the first thing they'll do is get on to the internet and say, hey, let me listen to this message. Let me listen to this sermon. Let me see whether, what these people are really all about. And it becomes a front door that, that people can watch and say, hey, I want to come and be a part of what God's doing there. And we realized with COVID that we've even got part of our family that can't yet be here, and yet it's a way to make them feel like they're a part of what God's doing here. So all of a sudden we realized we had to change, not change, but add to the plan. We need to buy a camera that we can put in the back. And I've actually, by again, a step of faith, got it ordered that will sit back there and allow us to zoom in and broadcast not only the preaching of the word, but you guys out there on the Facebook feed will be able to see our 15, 20 minutes of worship every week. And we've bought some, or looking at some additional uh, components that would let you hear the worship. And, and here's the key, Cheryl. Hear it really well. Right? We're looking at upgrading computers and we're looking at getting additional cameras so we can present this gospel. That's where this extravagant offering is going. Now listen, if you choose to be involved in this, thank you. And for those of you out there, thank you. If you're a guest and choose to be involved, double thank you. Um, I want you to know that's where 
this offering is going. And by giving in this offering, you're saying, God, my heart and your heart are together. We're going to accomplish your mission of effectively reaching lost people. Right? We're going to effectively reach lost people. You know, the reason that Mary was so generous in her offering to Jesus was this, that two months prior to Jesus coming and her giving him that offering, pouring that oil, that perfume on his feet, you know what had happened? Jesus had walked into town with her brother that she loved dearly, having laid in the tomb for so many days that they expected his body stunk. And Mary had watched this same Jesus come into town and see her tears and say, Mary, this is for the praise of God, and walk up to that tomb and say to that tomb, Lazarus, come forth. Do you know why Mary had a, a generous heart? Because Mary had a grateful heart. And this is the last thing I want to share with you this, this, this morning. A generous heart always flows out of a grateful heart. Mary had a generous heart because she was so grateful to God, so grateful to Jesus for what he had done. He had brought her, her brother back from the dead. And, and I want you to see this this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. Each and every one of us here this morning, if we're born again, if Jesus lives in our heart, if we've got a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, we have been brought from death to life. I, I, let me just read this to you. Ephesians 2. Uh, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, but God made us alive together with Christ. Every one of us this morning, we, we, we've got that same grateful heart because God has done for us personally what he did for Lazarus 2,000 years ago. He's brought us from death to life. I know one of the reasons this church is so generous. It's because this church is so grateful. Because many of you, have experienced a life pre-Jesus where it was full of pain and hurt and misery and hardship and loss, and you've experienced a life after you accepted Jesus and He became your Savior, and it's been one of joy and promise and hope. Oh, I'm not saying there were no hardships because there are always hardships. There are always difficult times, but I'm saying you've realized and you're grateful because you've realized the difference of coming from death to life. That's the reason I see so much generosity out of this church. And I thank you for that. This morning, there's a few ways you can participate in this extravagant offering if you choose to. And if you don't, that's, that's fine. I just want you to remember it's about the heart. And let me, before I talk about how you can participate if you want to, let me challenge you um, to share this with you. Maybe you're on the feed this morning. Maybe you're sitting here and your relationship with Jesus has just grown cold. And maybe you're on the feed this morning and you're like, Pastor Barry, I watched this, but I'm not really sure about this whole Jesus thing yet. Let me, let me just say this to you. Before you even worry about all the stuff that I've been talking about, the tithe, the offering, all that stuff, let, let me just encourage you to step back from that and just say, you know what? I want to move from death to life. Uh, spiritual death to spiritual life. I want to, for a moment, I want to take a moment and I want to ask Jesus to be my God, be my Savior. And, and it works like this. If you need to do that this morning, take care, that's the most important thing. Bow your head wherever you are and ask Jesus. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for all the history, all the hurt, all the past, all the stuff. And say, Jesus, will you live in my heart? Will you be my Savior? 
Will you be my God? Will you be my best friend? Will you move me from death to life? Will you move me from misery to hope and promise? And whether you're out there on the feed this morning or in here, if you'll do that, I promise you, I've watched it happen too many times to ever doubt it. God will step into your life. Jesus will step into your heart, into a relationship with you, and you will see things turn around. You will see God do some incredible things, and you'll look back a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, six months from now, and say, who was that person back there? I don't even remember that person. How, how did I survive that pain? Because God is setting me free from that pain, right? The most important thing. Now, those of you that are already walking with Jesus this morning, and you're, I hope, I hope through this, you've, you've looked at your heart, and you're like, Pastor Barry, yeah, I'm about God's mission. I, I want to be a part of what you're talking about this morning. I want to be a part of, of, of bringing the kingdom of God into this world. I want to be a part of spreading the gospel through what God's doing at Souls Harbor. There's a few ways you can participate in the extravagant offering if you choose. One, one is are the, um, the, the pledge cards that are on the table. You can, you can fill those out and drop them in a box at the back. Uh, you can do this a one-time offering, or you can do it over a course of months, however you choose. Uh, those of you that do Easy Tithe, and many of you do, you can get online and go through Easy Tithe, and there's a category there for extravagant offering. Just fill that out. And those of you that are online, uh, if you use Easy Tithe, you're welcome to do that as well. There should be a link in the comments that you can follow and set up an account or be a part that way as well. And let me just say thank you. Not for what you give. I mean, thank you for that. But most of all, thank you for being people, Christians, that say, you know what, I want my heart to be joined with God's heart to reach lost people. I don't know if you out there can see our sign up here or not, um, maybe parts of it, but it says, reach, grow, empower. That's Jesus' ministry, their mission, that's our mission, effectively reach lost people. Grow them to be like Jesus and then empower them to go and reach lost people. All that I talked about this morning, that's what it's about. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. I am probably three minutes, four minutes, five minutes past one o'clock. The advantage of coming to the second service, we'll call it an advantage this morning, is I got a little bitty window window I can uh, stretch if I need to. Uh, First service, I've got to end at 930. It's horrible. Horrible for the preacher. Why don't you stand this morning and we're going to pray and we are going to let you out of here. And thank you so much for being a part of God's service today and this entire time of worship and, and, uh, and the word. Let me pray over you and we're going to be out of here and then we're going to close off our feed here in just a moment as well. Lord, we love you. And I pray this prayer over each and every person that's here today. God, will you bless them? God, will you strengthen them? God, will you be with them this week? God, will you grow in them a heart of generosity? Lord, because you want them to be happy and successful and fulfilled. Lord, I pray today that you would stir within each and every person that desire, God, to be more like you, a person of a generous heart. And as a pastor, I thank you for such an awesome congregation that just regularly gives generously to see the kingdom of God move forward. Lord, I pray today over any that are not yet a part of the kingdom, Holy Spirit, continue to pull them and attract them and draw them and help them to realize how much God loves them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have an awesome, awesome Sunday.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.